My name's Amy and I'm the Church Life Pastor here. If I haven't met you before, it's really, really great to be gathering here with you. And happy Father's Day to any dads that are here. Really want to say happy Father's Day to you three. I'll introduce you to these three men. You've probably seen them before because they're often the ones that are here preaching at a Sunday night or a Sunday morning. And so I'll introduce you to them with their proper titles. So we've got Steve on the end, who is our executive pastor. We've got Matt, who is our senior pastor, and then we've got Mark, my husband, and also the lead pastor here at the Barrable Hills campus. And I just want to begin by thanking you guys. I said this this morning as well. We don't get enough chances in church to honour you three, in all seriousness, for the work that you do, but just how you go about seeking the Lord on behalf of us and actually carrying the spiritual weight of this church. I know there's others. We've got elders and a big staff team, but really you three um, just do so much, and we're just so grateful. So thank you. Happy Father's Day, and we honour you today. Thanks, Amy. All right. I think these guys deserve to know a few more details about you, that a few little things that I've found out over my time of knowing you. So I thought we'd start by playing. We've got the house lights up, because we're going to be a bit interactive. Is that okay? Yeah? You guys, just show me how to put your hand up. Yeah, put your hands up in the air. Great. Okay. We're going to have a little bit of a quiz on how well you know your pastors. All right. We'll start with a really easy question and and count. See, while we're in the theme of competitiveness, see who can uh, get the most right. So the first question, I was thinking about your names, Steve, Matt, Mark, and thinking they are pretty common names, these names. And I wondered which name is actually the most common name in Australia? So hands up, and these guys only learnt this this morning. Hands up if you think it's uh, Matt. Oh, not many. Okay, Steve. Mark. All right, well, that was pretty even with Steve and Mark, but the answer is Mark, actually. It's the seventh most common name. Yeah, well done if you got that right. Now, that kind of went a bit pear-shaped this morning, Matt, because what's your actual name that we oh, found Oh, yeah, my out? real name is Matthias. It's a German And what's name. the middle so, name again? Uh, Matthias Gerhard. So I'm sure in Germany that's a very common name, but not so much here. Do you know your mum caught me after the service this morning and actually went into more detail on your name, Matthias? There's something weird that happens with the A and the E. She was talking in something I did not even understand. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> It was a proud mum moment for her, I think. Um, All right, well done. Next question. Who has been actively playing Minecraft for the past 10 years with one of their children? Is it A, Matt, B, Steve, or C, Mark? The answer is Matt. He also does How good is Minecraft? No one would have guessed that. He does free consultations during the week. This is true. Sometimes in the offices, Poppy Spicer, Sam, our son, has come in and actually sat with Matt and he's shown them things that they didn't know. So he's not just all about the theology, all right? There's some serious wisdom in Minecraft. That's right. So if you need to come for a bit of Minecraft uh, therapy, uh, <laughs> make an appointment. Minecraft and, uh, Prime Minister? I don't know. All right. Um, which pastor at one point had a part-time job playing Santa or being Santa, dressed up as Santa, at Maya? They also used this experience to be Santa at our carols one year, probably 10 years ago, and did have an American accent, which was a bit strange, but they really loved the role. Do we think it was hands up for Matt, Steve, Mark? You've done well. It was Mark Jelly. (laughs) Not sure where the American accent came from, but he really enjoyed it. He did a good job. We all knew it was Mark because of the walk. 
You know, he does, he's got the walk up and he's, uh, he's got I this just, classic walk. I just didn't know what was happening when he walked out and said, ho, 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 <laughs> American accent. Anyway, all right. Well, when you're kids, when you, when you do uh, you role plays, like when you're kids, Swedish. Like no. You know when kids do role plays, they have American accents, like when Ken and Barbie. Obviously, I didn't mean to, but it was just coming out American. You also did have some – we were a bit rushed in getting you ready and the cushion was a little high. It was starting to look a little bit like there was some strange body parts. But anyway, we won't talk anymore about that. Let's keep moving. Um, which of these pastors has been known to begin staff meetings by singing an adaptation of Olivia Newton-John's Let's Get Physical and has changed the words to Let's Get Spiritual? Is it Steve? Those dance moves were giving it away a little bit. Matt? No one put their hand up this morning for you for that either, Matt. <laughs> Not an Olivia Newton-John fan. No, but you singing Olivia Newton-John, I think that's where it uh, gives it away. And Mark? No, you are correct. It was Steve Sims. Well, you got to get these guys on track. I mean, so, Can you on just Monday mornings, a it's version? a complete circus. We come in for staff meeting and they're talking all sorts of gobbledygook on the... You know, the post-mortem on the footy and the whole thing. So, you know, a little bit of Olivia, throw it in there. Definitely got our attention when you sang that. Definitely got everyone's attention. All right. Who cannot make this sound with their mouth? Steve, can you do it? Matt. Mark. I practised today for a little while and I still can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) My sisters... Pretty much ever since I was young, they have just had it on me. They still bring it up. All our kids could do it, uh, and I just can't. I still can't believe you can't do I, it. I can't like, either, Matt. Yeah, actually, you're not joking either. I'm not like, joking. Brrr. I practice sometimes by myself when no one's around. That is unbelievable. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Um, who on their first date with their now wife fainted after getting a brain freeze from drinking a Slurpee whilst at the Melbourne Zoo? Do we think it was A, Matt... B, Steve, C, Mark. It was the suspense, Matt. (laughs) And actually we found out this morning that Steve was also there. It wasn't wasn't actually my first date. It wasn't our first date. It was a bit of a family outing. And and Steve's, uh, Steve's wife and my wife are sisters. So... I found out this morning you were actually there. I, yeah, it we, was a hot day. I, I need to explain myself. It was a very hot day and I got a massive Slurpee and I was just downing that Slurpee and I got such a bad cold headache that I, I, I actually fell on the floor and, and like had a, like a kind of fit. And, and yeah, Steve, what were you thinking at this point? Like this well, guy was trying to date your sister. What a loser. He, he just looked at Kate and he just <laughs> collapsed. So I just assumed that was what it was. I mean, he was smitten in those early days. You probably still are, mate. But that's yeah, right. Kate but, is uh, a lovely, no, he just uh, did this sort of snorting sound, like. All right, all right, all right. That's enough. Smacked his head. We don't have to go into the he's details. Got this, <laughs> he's got this massive gash on his head. I've picked him up off the ground. I mean, he's trying to make an impression early. Anyway, I'm with glad our you. Law and thanks for mentioning yeah, that, Amy. That's great. No worries. That's why he doesn't remember me being Nick. I might be uh, out of a job by tomorrow, I think. But anyway, let's keep moving. Um, Last question. Who likes to warm up with some dancing before he preaches? Is it A, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) This morning, no one put their hands up either. they, They really know you, Matt. That's really good. B, is it Steve? 
sees it Mark. It is, in fact, Steve. And uh, we've got some footage, I believe. This was during lockdown and online church. And when I saw this footage... (laughs) That deserves a clap. That deserves a clap. We've got to understand, I mean, it was empty in here. Like, this was COVID. We were all going off our nut in the midst of all of that lockdown stuff. And it was my one chance to get let out of the home for a bit to come up here and you (laughs) preach to this black, empty room. So, you know, while you... We love it, No one was here. That's what you did, you know. We love it. What do you call those dance moves, by the way? Like, it was Uh, quite a distinct move. I don't know. It's the dad thing, right? Yeah. I mean, we've been daggy dads today. That'll so be that'll break out amongst is, yeah. the young adults, I reckon. Yeah. Once they've seen that, sort of goes with the eleven Newton John bit. That's really, it. You know? all right. <laughs> hey, um, it'd be really great for you guys just to introduce your families. We've got some photos, so we might start with um, you, Steve. Did you want to talk about your family there? Well, I'm not going to introduce all them because there's too many of them. But uh, no, I've got five children and uh, six grandchildren, with a seventh on the way. So. Um, yeah, that's my mob. That was the eldest son Josh's wedding to Caroline. So um, most of those kids, uh, yeah, going really well in God, and um, yeah, and uh, yeah, they're great. They're a great crew. It's awesome. And Matt, you've got a pick there of you in France. Yeah. So this is um, uh, Jeremiah's on the uh, on your left, uh, and that's uh, Ivy and uh, Kate in the middle, and Sophia at the end. And uh, now uh, Jeremiah's 18, Ivy's 15, and Sophia's turning 20 uh, next week. So, yeah. And my crew, there they are. In May this year, my oldest daughter uh, was married. So I've got a son-in-law now, which is pretty crazy. Uh, so it's Tom there in the middle, uh, then my daughter Briar, and holding my other daughter, Miller, and then down the front there are the two boys, uh, Sam, who's 10, and Louis, who's 7. So good. Um, you guys actually, when we were talking the other day, you know, I probably hadn't even realised this, that the three of you actually didn't grow up in Christian homes. So I just, can you just share with us briefly, how did you actually come to faith and end up, you know, in a church? Well, for me, it was, um, I mean, I had... Little bits and pieces of sort of church influence when I was growing up, but um, it was in my twenties. I was making a complete hash of my life. Um, didn't know the Lord. Got married to a, a woman uh, when I was twenty-two, uh, and look, it was it was pretty disastrous and it was pretty pretty difficult. And I'd, I'd made a complete mess of everything. And look, it, the relationship ultimately broke down. I, I turned to Jesus, uh, crying out to Him. Uh, I, I came to a church service at Barrable Hills in 1987 and, and I was led to the Lord that particular afternoon by a, a, a chap that many people may know, uh, Alistair Maddock and his wife Jane, um, and they led me to Jesus and that was the beginning, the turnaround, and so um, that was where it started for me. Um, yeah, I was in my late teens. Um, I, I was quite um, against... Anything Christian, actually. Uh, I was at a Catholic boarding school at the time, and I, I, yeah, I just reacted against that really, and um, and I convinced myself um, that it was all a load of rubbish. And uh, all I can say is God really got hold of my life, and uh, and 
really just swept me up. I mean, it was just amazing, actually. Um, it was at the, at the very time when I really thought I'd worked it out and it, was all, it all wasn't true, that I was absolutely compelled to believe not only that God was real, but actually my conscience was awakened and I just knew I needed Jesus. I can't even explain to you. Uh, I just knew I needed Jesus and I cried out uh, to Jesus and it just it just completely changed my life, my whole trajectory of life. I mean, I discovered who I was. I, I became a person I never thought I would be. I mean, I was quite a, probably a bit of a lost uh, lost soul in, in, in a way, but yeah, I was um, very thankful uh, that God got in my way and picked me up and off we go. Yeah, I didn't grow up in church at all. Uh, when I was about 17, my parents uh, split up. It was really unexpected and it really... Uh, caused me to have a lot of unrest. There was lots of uh, conflict and lots of internal conflict in that uh, period of my life. Uh, Then life just sort of went down a direction. I was uh, really, really keen to sort of follow my father's footsteps. He uh, played footy professionally for St Kilda in the late 70s and 80s and then went on to uh, coach St Kilda. So I just grew up uh, thinking that I'd have the same path that, that my father did. And it's sort of a 20, in my early 20s, after a couple of knee reconstructions and sort of my footy career not looking like it was going to go down where I hoped it would, I sort of found myself at a real crossroads. Uh, I had a lot of broken relationships and just, yeah, things weren't great. Uh, I ended up um, doing my teacher rounds at Christian College, actually, in my third year. I was studying to be a PE teacher and it was just an incredible experience. It was amazing staff and, and people that come alongside me and just we just really it was just amazing and the and the students as well um from that moment just god there was a seed sown in my heart um about about god and and just really open to that and over periods of weeks and months i started to search and really uh ended up uh lobbing up here with uh robbie spice's older brother nathan he brought me along here to a sunday night over 20 years ago and i was just totally uh transformed um by being in the presence of god and over the coming uh, weeks, I accepted Jesus as my saviour and uh, said I want to want to be a follower and part of a church community. And uh, that was, uh, yeah, that's my story. So good. Thank you for sharing. They're amazing testimonies. I know there's a lot more to them, but um, really appreciate you sharing those. So you were all sons before you were fathers. What is something that you've really learnt from your own dads? And we'll pop some photos up while yeah, you're talking of you I'll with start. your dad. So uh, I think there'll be a photo up there of my dad, Alan, and um, he's uh, quite unwell at the moment. He's had two heart operations this week and he's uh, having a bit of a battle. But that's a photo of him with my son, Caleb. So it's lovely to see the generations there. But uh, my dad wasn't a Christian as such. Uh, and, um, and so we've been just sharing faith with him gently over this last few weeks and um, yeah, just hope, hoping that he might turn to Christ. But look, he was a good man. He uh, was good to our family. He did the very best he could for us. Uh, his own father died when he was 12. And so, you know, he didn't really have that example to grow up with. And so for, for him, he was very loyal. Uh, he was hardworking. He taught us a great work ethic. He taught us principles. He he demonstrated, uh, you know, commitment to his family and to be honest, he gave us opportunities that he never had himself. He had to go to work at 14, come home, give his pay packet to his mum to support his other seven siblings. 
that was just his life. And so he had a bit of a tough start. So for him to make something of his life, I look at that and I think, what a wonderful example. And um, I'm very grateful for my, for my dad. Um, yeah, my dad uh, grew up in um, post-war Germany. He was born actually during the war in a bunker, uh, like a little under a trapdoor. Um, and uh, he actually on his they, he had to walk back from Belgium. He was walked back with his mother, and he actually died in the, at one point in the uh, briefly in the sea to be revived because he froze on the. Um, uh, on the on the walk because uh, it was in the middle of winter, and so uh, you know I think he's always had this kind of survivor kind of mentality, and he grew up uh, around the ruins. I mean, post-war Germany was just carnage; it was ruins, like it was all in ruins. And um, and uh, you know, he said he's always hungry, and but his his father uh, worked. Uh, for the the uh, the railways, he was an, an accountant, and he um, worked in admin for the railways. And so he got into travelling actually from a very young age. Just went off, uh, seemed to be all right with his mother, and he actually ended up going further and further. And he actually became something of a of like of an ad- adventurer, and, and like he was sponsored to to, to do a lot of uh, trips. He did this drove in a in an old combi across um, from Cologne to Kuala Lumpur across Central Asia and this is like in the you know in the in the 60s like um, so um, yeah he, he uh, did a um, end up he also did a circumnavigation of the world on a big old tall sailing ship and um, I think that's a I think they've got a photo of, uh, of dad up there um, uh, as a as a sea captain um, which he did for some time and um, so I, I think for my you know dad always had this thing that you, you you've always got to be prepared to step out and and do something out of the ordinary like he just was not into the ordinary life it was almost like the the one rule uh, in our household was don't be boring don't be boring and I think as a Christian I've translated that into purpose like I, I just have this since the moment I became a Christian immediately that translated in like live with purpose like don't just live for yourself and live for your lifestyle and you know get your stuff and it's like you know yawn yawn I mean you know like I and, and I um I've just always had this drive to live with purpose and I find life in God and living for God and serving God, is it is a life of adventure. It really is. And you live for something bigger than yourself and... Um, and, and I actually think that that mentality, you know, even though, I mean, Dad's had his own sort of gradual uh, faith journey, uh, but I wasn't, he didn't bring me up in, in faith, but that, you know, that value, I think, has translated really powerfully into my Christian life. Yeah, my... As I mentioned earlier, so my dad had a bit of a public figure growing up, so most places we'd go, people knew who my dad was. Uh, he was someone, you know, was a professional footballer and also just a just a real motivator and as someone then who was a footy coach, he just had influence and he just was someone that would just love to get around uh, young men especially uh, and he did a lot of uh, footy coaching sort of in his 20s and 30s and even his early 40s, always doing fitness stuff and having bench press comps and different things. So it was just, a, it was a great, he is a, still a great dad but um, you know, for me growing up as a kid, it was just, he was just someone who really valued 
even serve people. He'd always be uh, inviting people into our home. He'd always be getting up early and taking uh, footballers, uh, picking them up at the airport or taking them um, to different places and, and just really serving and coming al- alongside um, men. And that had a real impact and it was quite formative to me how he, he just was such a, such a motivator, such an encourager and someone who uh, you know didn't grow up in church but he just really valued people and um, would always, um, yeah, just would always come alongside. And I think that value um, is something that I really respected and loved and he always did that for me and my sisters as well which uh, which was also wonderful yeah that's great um, just wanted to um, direct this question at Steve and then Matt as well. In, in Ephesians 6.4 it says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And I think it's really um, great to have so many young adults here tonight to even hear some of, not parenting advice, but ways that, you know, for them even as future parents, perhaps just what are some things that you have done to represent your faith to your kids Look, without a doubt, I have exasperated my children at times. Um, and so with that, we, we all need grace. We need to give grace to our children. We need to receive grace in return. And, <clears throat> you know, as we, we will fail and we do fail. And I, I failed multiple times as a parent. But, uh, you know, just I need the forgiveness of my children. And I'd, I'd encourage all of us uh, who are children with our own parents to give them grace because no one signs up to be the perfect parent. We all step forward, you know, even the Bible, it's not necessarily an instruction book on how to parent. It's full of stories and poetry and, you know, narrative of various kinds. And from that, we derive what we understand, you know, principles to live by. And we try to teach our kids wisdom, principles. You know, we'd get into the Proverbs, we'd try and study the Bible together. Um, Occasionally, we'd try and worship together. It didn't always go well, you know. There was times when I lost the plot and I got angry and, you know, you're trying to do your best and they just don't really want to engage with it and, you know, I didn't always, you know, clothe myself in glory in those moments. But I at least I was in there having a crack and I said to my kids, you know, I never signed up to be the perfect father. I just wanted to be the best father I could be to you guys and, and, and so, you know, you need forgiveness, um, and I'd say for all of us, you know, you just walk by God's grace and live by that. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Thanks, Steve. Uh, yeah, parenting is is in, it's it's a it's what it's the most rewarding thing. I find it's incredibly rewarding, but it's also incredibly hard. It, and and so I, I I totally resonate with that. You know, you um, you need grace and you need to give grace. And and um, I think in terms of. Um, that journey of faith with my kids, uh, one of the things that I, I've always tried to do is to create room for them to question and even doubt and because I want them to choose it. I want them to choose uh, this for themselves and, you know, they've all got their own, uh, they've all got their own faith journey and I, I believe that's genuine. I believe, you know, they're, they're working towards that, you know, in really genuine ways because I think they've always had that room uh, to really piece that together for themselves and make their own decision, and so I have—I've actually really loved having the conversations with my kids. I mean, they have really stretched me over the years. You know, like I don't—I don't, I don't think anyone has stretched me in terms of faith conversations like my kids have, because they're just so honest. Like, why is that the case? And they're just like absolutely hammered by my kids. But I've—it's—it's it's been good training. <laughs> it's good training for everything else, and and I guess. Um, 
yeah, my in in many ways my ministry begins in my family, and and uh, but as I said, it's it's been hard, you know, when you, you you just at regular moments you think, oh, I'm no good at this, <laughs> you know, but um, but you do, you you, uh, you you give it your best because you love your kids, and 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 you want to give you you know you, you want to uh, see your kids walking in the life that you have, and um, and and I am still you know. Uh, still just love that journey yeah that's so good I love um, what you've both said there because I think Steve what you said is really important because as parents you know and even before you're a parent you think you've got to have it all together to be a parent I've got to be the responsible one the perfect one all of that because I'm an example to my kids but really what you said is spot on sometimes that best example is actually just being able to say I don't know or you know I'm sorry or I did the wrong thing or whatever it is so I love that and then coupled with what you said Matt about just having those open conversations and being able to just talk through anything I think they're just great things to be able to model to our kids. Uh, Mark this morning you actually mentioned something it was a bit more practical which I really loved which is something you and Robbie I know are really big on did you want to share about yeah, that? Robbie often talks about this it's just creating memories uh, and as a as a dad and I think it, it, it can apply to even just your friendships and being in a relationship is is creating those memories whatever that is we can go through life um, just going through the motions but when we have opportunities to go away or do stuff with our with our friends with our children uh, with our parents it's it's so important to create those memories and then to retell the stories like I grew up with a dad who's a great storyteller he'd always be telling stories and uh, I now tell stories to my kids of uh, my childhood and uh, and we then retell those stories uh, of even stuff that we we get up to on our holidays or times away when we we spend time together and it's just an important way and you know taking memories like photos are important but storytelling is crucial as well so good relationships are hard (laughs) whether it's a a parent with a child or a sibling relationship, a friend relationship, a work colleague, uni friend, relationships can be really hard and there is a lot of brokenness and a lot of broken relationships in our in our world and society. So I, I wanted to ask you guys, what would you say to someone who's here tonight who is just struggling with feeling like they've failed in a relationship with a parent or a friend, you know, and they've got regrets in that relationship? Steve, you talked a little bit before about grace. Did you want to answer or add anything else to that? I will... Yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, when you fail, join the club. It's like, okay, this is how life rolls sometimes. So, yeah, being kind to yourself. Uh, you know, sometimes we harsh, judge our own selves very harshly and we feel that pressure to to uh, be the, a good parent. And uh, But, yeah, I said this morning, I'll say it again, God doesn't call us to be successful as parents, but he does call us to be faithful. And it's really important that we actually discharge our duty before God to the best of our capability, um, give it our absolute all. Uh, I'd say educate yourself, learn everything you can, draw from people who are great in this space um, because it's a serious business and in fact it's probably the most serious undertaking I've ever entered into to be a father and um, yeah and so I took it seriously, we were very intentional about what we did but yeah but inevitably fail at times but yeah just try and try again. 
Yeah, at different times in our lives, we can get really stuck as well. So when it comes to that sense of shame or feeling like we've uh, disappointed uh, uh, our children, or or there's been a situation that is has just not gone well, uh, you know, different times we can be just really hard on ourselves and get ourselves in in a situation where we just feel really stuck. And I, and I love whenever you read the Word of God and you read stories like uh, like Peter in the Bible, even the, you know, just that straight up fact that he denied Jesus three times. And uh, he's not in a good way uh, following that situation. He he wants to go back fishing. So much shame. So much uh, that sense of I've just blown it. You know, there's been so many times in my life where I have just feel like I've just blown it. I've just absolutely cooked this situation. I've cooked this relationship. I'm just absolutely, I'm going to just be punished now for the rest of my life. Or just a a messed up mindset. And when we we come to God, just as... Uh, we we see in the story where where Jesus uh, just meets Peter where he's at, and they just have such an, a moment of where God's outstretched arm of of grace and forgiveness. Um, so you know, in situations where we feel stuck, we, we can know God's grace, we can know His redemption, uh, and that's just so powerful. And uh, I know for me, growing up, uh, you know, I didn't have I didn't have that. Um, and coming along to this church and being a part of Christian community and being a uh, being a part of the story of redemption which is uh, we see that through God's people throughout the Bible is powerful um, we we walk and live in forgiveness uh, we can we can allow God to forgive us as well uh, as we forgive others it's powerful yeah that's great and um, we might finish with this one Matt um, what has God taught you about his character through parenting um <clears throat> I think when, I, I can remember actually when uh, my eldest uh, was born, Sophia, I, um, I can remember looking at this vulnerable little thing and, and feeling this love that was just transcendent, like it was just beyond anything that I'd ever known before. And it was like this moment of, oh, oh now I understand what, it, you know, like God's love for me and, and the fact that you know, that doesn't change. It's like there have been so many times where my kids have driven me nuts, right? And, and, um, but it never, it never changes. Uh, it never changes that love. Like that love is this constant thing. Uh, I, you know, I, I would lay down my life for my kids in a moment. And, and, and I, and I think that's what enable, it's, it's what enables me to really get and understand, uh, God's love. Um, and I, it, I also, um, I also really understand grace and forgiveness, God's grace and forgiveness. And you know, my, my kids, I mean, they're all amazing, you know, they're, they're amazing human beings, but they're quite different. And I mean, they all get along well now, but I wouldn't describe, I wouldn't have described our household uh, going through particularly the early teen years as a calm place. That's not the word that I would use. Can I just uh, the, say on a pause that when <laughs> we were young adults and yourself and Kate yep. were our young adults leaders, you did us such a great service because when we'd go to Matt and Kate's house as young adults, probably like some of you do with Robbie now, we would see your kids and they were pretty wild and it just released us to think we can just, parenting is fine. We can just, it actually <laughs> right. was such a great way to see that. So thank you for yeah, you letting saw us it. witness you saw that firsthand. Yeah, all the entrails of our of our parenting, um, uh, and uh, and look, you know, we, we've got we've got you know a boy, uh, you know Jeremiah, and and then the two girls, and you know Jeremiah's 
idea of sport is just to just to rile his sisters up it, and it's just it's it started the moment you know like the moment he was born almost it's just like uh you know uh, just uh, driven us nuts at, at times and there was one particular time where where he had um I'd done something to his sister and I was right there I I just saw him do it you know it's like he I can't remember exactly what it was but you know he hit her or, or elbowed her really hard or something and it's like you know and and he went through this this denial thing, which I said, mate, I'm right here. And he, he just incessantly would do this, what did I do? I didn't do a thing. It's not even my fault. And, I, and I'm, I'm looking, and I, I just looked at you right there. And he goes through this defense, this whole defense. All, all we want, it's like, mate, all I want is for you just to take responsibility. I feel like sometimes we do this to as people. We go through this defense, you know, oh, it's not my fault. I'm not, you know, and, and all God wants is just for us to admit, like just admit. And anyway, Jeremiah went on and on with this, with this defense speech, you know, and, and it was pretty clever. He was, he's actually pretty clever. I have to, there was part of me that was quite, there was part of me that was quite proud of his, you know, of his disputation skills. Uh, but I tried not to smile uh, in, in the moment. Anyway, um, as, as he's explaining this, you know, and Kate and I were both there and Sophia just was getting, she was getting more riled up because the, the adjournment of his punishment was driving her nuts, right? So she broke through the lines and pulls off her shoe and she starts beating him with the shoe, like the actual hard thing in the shoe, like in the head, you know, with the heel. And then he grabs her hair and, and we're trying to pull them apart and she's beating her hair. These are my memories. Oh, this kids. is, this is like, this is like a day in the life, right? And, and anyway, um, we, we pulled them apart and I said, right, that's it, you know, I said, that's, and, and, and I, I, meted out a punishment to him that he it was it was like it was like we had sentenced him to be drawn and quartered like it was I said right you've got three days of no screens no screens no ps4 no I like nothing right and he it was oh man he just he starts hyperventilating and he, it's just oh no no and he was absolutely distraught by and and then he and then he just lost it and he kicks the wall and and he put a dent in the plus and I was I was oh man I was absolutely furious with him and it ended up he ended up getting two weeks of no screens, which I'm, and I'm pleased to say today that he actually didn't die of it. At the, at the, he thought, at the time, he thought, I think he thought he was going to die of it, but he didn't actually die in the end. Anyway, he went down to his room and I, I was absolutely furious with him. And, um, I can remember going down and, and I was so angry with him. And uh, I went down to his room and I thought, all right, just calm down. Uh, you know, kindness, you know, it says in, in the Bible, God's kindness leads us to repentance, like I'm thinking. <laughs> and I, I went down, I said, um, I said, um, mate, do you want me to get you a smoothie? Because he was lying face down on the bed. He was distraught, you know. Just like the, la- I, the only time I've seen him like that since is when Germany went out of the group stage in the World Cup last year. He was lying on the deck with his face down, just beating the deck, like, no! Like, it was absolutely distraught. So, 
Uh, I hope he doesn't ever suffer real tragedy. <laughs> anyway, he was lying on his bed and I went down. I thought, oh man, he's really upset. And so, and, and so I went up and I got him a smoothie and I, and I came down. I said, there you go, mate. And I ruffled his hair and I just, and, and I was still pretty angry. Like I was, I was holding, I'm just thinking, <laughs> I'm just, and I just faintly, in that moment, I heard him say, sorry, dad. And I, and I, I didn't, I, I didn't say what, what, what did you, I, I just, I just was stunned at this, and it was like my heart just leapt. I just thought it was all of the anger lifted. I just thought, oh, this moment of just, I'm sorry, Dad. And it was, as I said, I, I was, my heart leapt. I mean, he still had his two weeks of no screens, uh, just to be clear. <laughs> He still got the consequence and it didn't kill him and he read books and, you know, and I thought, as I remember him coming up uh, after that, you know, and he came up and he was just chatting and he was very, and and I I just felt God say to me, do you understand now? And I'm like, yep, I understand and I will never doubt, I will never doubt in those you know, in all of the moments in my life, you know, we've talked about the failures tonight and the moments where I feel like I haven't been good enough, just that, I'm sorry, Dad. That is, that just delights the heart of God when we just admit, when we trust in his forgiveness and that moment of reconciliation is, is absolutely beautiful. I can never doubt that again. Yeah, that, that is just such a beautiful way for us to finish tonight as we just reflect on our Heavenly Father and the grace and forgiveness that He offers us, not just once, but actually daily. And so tonight I just really encourage you all, if you yourself, perhaps you're struggling in a relationship in your family or a friend or whoever it's with, that you would actually be able to just bring that to God and actually ask for his wisdom, ask for his grace as we've heard. But also for you tonight, if you're sitting here feeling like a failure, feeling like a failed child of God, that you would be reminded that his love, mercy and grace is here for you. And so I just want to finish up by reading some beautiful verses from Psalm 103, verses 8 to 13. It says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And I'm going to pray um, with you in just a moment. But before we do that, can we thank Steve, Matt and Mark tonight? We really appreciate your wisdom and just your vulnerability and just being able to share with us tonight. So thank you. But why don't you join me as we pray in finishing up. 
Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are a God who loves your children. We thank you, God, that tonight we can rest in the knowledge that you have so much grace for us. Even when we make a mess, even when we, you know, don't do what we should, you still meet us with arms wide open, with loving arms ready to embrace us and say, you are my beloved child. And so tonight I want to pray for anyone who is here who is just feeling distant from God, feeling like they have been a failure as a child of God, that they can't actually come to you, Lord, because they feel so ashamed. We just ask in this moment right now that your spirit would just speak to their hearts and remind them that all they need to do is pray that simple little prayer, I'm so sorry, Dad, and that you will meet them in that space and avalanche of love will meet them in that space. So we thank you that we can call upon your name and that you will hear us. You will hear our prayers. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who died so that we can be in a relationship with you. And And I just pray that for anyone who is struggling with broken relationships in their life, that you would be able to give them wisdom and a peace in these situations, that there would be reconciliation and where there's brokenness that you you would bring your peace and and your life into these relationships. So we ask all these things in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Just to, as we finish, if anyone tonight would like to have someone pray with them, of course you can ask someone that you came um, to church with tonight to pray with you, but there will be a few people just up the front here, just to my right, and we would love to pray with you about anything that perhaps has been stirred up in you tonight. But now we actually have a free barbecue. How good is that to celebrate Father's Day and and to be here together? So we're just going to head on out and enjoy that. Have a great week. Be blessed and we'll see you next week.